Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the VRP Breakdown. We're back for this summer of 2021, and our first episode is going to be with KJ and Valentine. They are joining me here today um, at the Valar Phillips School. I am David Medasian, and we will uh, be talking with these two gentlemen shortly. Just also want to say that towards the end of this podcast, you will hear Valentine reading a poem that he's written, so stay tuned for that. All right. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? I'm straight, man. Um, why don't you start out by telling us, uh, tell us a little bit about where you grew up, uh, how old you are, and um, what you've kind of experienced in life so far. I, uh, I'm 14. Uh, I'm finna turn 15. The law seeks. Uh, and this is KJ. Yeah, it's KJ. Uh, I grew up in the hood, uh, 25th and Ocasin. So, you know, it's, it's a lot over there, man. It's the hood. Everything got down over there. When you say everything goes down over there, what kind of stuff are we talking about? And what do you mean by the hood? It's the hood, man. This is, this is Milwaukee, right? Yeah, it's the hood. It was anywhere in Milwaukee, really the hood. You know what I'm saying? But like, I, I can see 25th is like, it's like, uh, it's plenty of people that be over there. I got the little hot spot over there. That's where everybody be out. And what's the hot spot? What do you it's, mean by hot it's spot? Like, it's, like a, uh, it's like a little, a little corner store. It's a big store, and you go inside. It's it's ran by black people, African Americans. Uh, with a oh, it's, it's just like a store. You could go in, buy anything you want, like chips, candy, all that. And like outside, you go outside it's the park over there, and everybody be over there, man. Okay, so growing up, what was uh? So you said you're how old? 14. 14, okay. And when do you turn 15? July 6. Okay, so pretty soon you'll be 15. Yeah. Um, so what was life like for you growing up? Uh, How would you describe what you've experienced? And uh, Like me, I grew up like like my, I ain't going to really get into too much, but it's like, it's like my uncle and them, they had that little side hustle and whatever that I was doing, in and out of jail, or what else. I was just like, I, I grew up around that environment, and as I got outer, I started doing what I was doing and started getting myself in and out of jail and doing what I've been doing. Okay. When you say your uncles, this is your mom's side of the family? Oh, my dad's side. Dad's side of the family. Okay. Um, do you have a relationship with your dad? Yeah. Okay. Good relationship. You yeah. seem pretty frequently. And how about your mom? Mom, we got a, we got a tight relationship. Okay. So that's good. Um, so you got caught up in kind of what you saw growing up. Yeah. Okay. And how would you describe um, what What are your plans for the future? So you're in the MCAT program now. So you're going through the, was it typically four to four to six months? Something yeah. like that. Okay. So you're going through the, um, the MCAT program. And how far into the program are you now? Uh, I can't march it in teams. I'm in like, I'm on like my third month now, but I'm supposed to be leaving. Uh, July second. Okay, and what? Oh, right around your birthday. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what is? Uh, what are your plans for the future? How do you see things working out for you once you get out of here? Uh, man. Uh, when I get out, I'm gonna try to be a better person and stop doing what I'm doing to keep myself out the way. My goal is to stay out the system. I. My understanding was, if you do MCAP and then you get yourself in trouble again, then you go to Lincoln Hills. Is that not? the case anymore well it depends on what you get charged with like 
is it like worth going to Lincoln Hills? Plus, okay. it depends on if your judge see another chance in you. Okay. My judge, I got Brittany Grayson. She seen another chance in me, and she basically was like talking to me. She was just trying to help me out. Okay. And, uh, instead of like last time, neglecting that help, I took it. Okay. Why do you guys think there are so many young kids in Milwaukee that are getting themselves in the kind of trouble you guys got yourselves in or the kind of trouble that you, we see kids, minors, getting themselves into? Or even adults, for that matter. Let's, but since you guys are in the juvenile justice system, let's stick with guys around your age. Because, uh, or at least as I speak, but because uh, I think it's like, um, like, 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 like I, I, I feel, I feel, I feel like, People, people want to fit in, and like and like get a nine for yourself, like, like, like. Let me see. Almost like a popularity thing. Yeah, cause it's like it's like it's like it's like it's like that person he he get with somebody and then they go sit in the car, then they keep doing it back and forth and back and forth, and then once I get a nine for yourself and I start coming to jail, it's just like it's like it's like they they come to jail, they get out, and the judge get them a chance, and then then. They attack that brace it off, go on the run, and just keep doing what I was doing. That's just, just like they they trying to fit in. Yeah. So, um, and is there a progression? Like, does it start with little things, like yeah. little crimes, not yeah. so serious, and then it gets worse and worse and worse till like sometimes you see homicide or people actually getting killed. I actually like me. I actually feel like it's boredom. Uh, I feel like kids don't like to be bored, and mm-hmm. when they don't have stuff to like to do during the day they do things that they know not right but it's just the adrenaline rush that comes along with it like driving stolen cars getting into police chases and when it comes to adrenaline after so long the stuff that you get an adrenaline rush from will no longer give you that rush no more so you go on and the crimes become worse and worse so you might be driving a stolen car getting high speeds to commit armed robberies um, robberies won't give you a thrill no more, so then you go on to murders. It just, you know, it escalates. Yeah. Do you think it's almost like an addiction? Like yeah. You, you're not yeah. getting what you got initially, and you need more and more and more. Yeah, it's like you take a you taking a Percocet or anything, like any type of drug, after a minute, that one won't help you, so right. you would take two. That two won't help you after a minute, so you would take three. So they don't understand that it's an addiction. Yeah. You're not the first person who's explained it to me like this. I had a student once who was involved in um, drug trade in Milwaukee, and she was telling me this exact same thing. She said, um, you know, it's become part of her life now, and it's addiction that she feeds off of. You said it's um, kids not having anything else to do. So why isn't there anything else to do? Because where we come from, not even just seeing, like, a a particular hood, because uh, a lot of people I know grew up in different sides of the hood. Like me, I grew up on the east side, and any like basically anywhere in Milwaukee, they don't people don't fund for us a lot. Like we don't get a lot. We used to have a COA. People stopped funding them, so it was like we had nothing. They're like they didn't see nothing in us. They like yeah. they put the money where they know the profits gonna come in. That what's COA? Tell everybody what COA is. Like um, it's a it's a youth center. Okay. Just like CLC or um, the Boys and Girls Club. Okay. But uh, hey, but you don't see a lot of that around anymore. Yeah, I don't see a lot of that around anymore. Uh, and if and if it is because there is some, 
they're not as active as they was. Okay. They used to like football games, basketball games, yeah. baseball games, take field trips. They don't get fun in a lot no more. Now you guys are in high school, right? Yes. So what about your schools? Like do the schools have art programs? Schools um, no either because film, theater, band. No. I I go to Marshall right now. Um I'm in ninth. So when I my first year in high school, it was kinda like pushy because of corona. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really into school. But before that, they really still wasn't doing anything like we used the same books for years. Like yeah. they like we don't get funded a lot. So, so the even the textbooks are out old and outdated. Mm. Outdated, messed up, ripped up. I remember when I was teaching in more traditional schools, we didn't even have so like when I was in when I was a kid and I was in school, you got assigned a book. You wrote your name on it, and that's the book that you took home to do your homework. But when I started teaching in Milwaukee, we only had a class set of books, and we only had like 40 books. So you could only, students could only use the books in class. You couldn't assign a student a book to take home. Is it still like that? Yeah, but it's getting, you know, it's getting worse by the day. Yeah, and yeah, they're really old books and torn apart. Um, what was I going to ask you about? Something about the when you were talking about programs. Um, oh, okay. So in schools, you're not seeing a lot of the, besides like reading, writing, math, you're not seeing a lot of other like extracurricular programs or arts programs. Or I remember I went to, uh, Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. I went to Roosevelt sixth grade. Uh, cause I got kicked out of one of my old schools. So when I went to Roosevelt, they had like music, art, drama in sixth grade. Then seventh grade it was all gone. Really? It's within the same school? Within the same school. So within school. that one year, that all was removed from the school. They was did taking the six, it little by little. Okay. Did the sixth six graders still have it, or it was gone for yeah, everybody? Yeah, like it was getting taken away. Okay. Because like they couldn't fund it anymore. They wasn't getting funds for it. So when I was in school, we had shop classes where you could like build, like you'd build a model of a house, or you'd build little cars to race. It's crazy because... I never been to a building class at MPS. The first time I actually built something in school was here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never cooked at MPS. The first time I cooked something was here. Yeah. Say so you've experienced the same things. Yeah. Okay. Um, why do you think that all that stuff is disappearing? So let's start with the clubs and things. Why do you think all that stuff has gone away? Because they don't see hope in us. Who's when you, when you say they? The, Who's they? The people with the funds, the the big shots. Yeah. People with all the money. I feel like they don't see, they don't see no time to put money into us because they don't think that we gonna make something out of it or we not gonna like we gonna take it for granted. Yeah. And then as far as the schools go, so you know schools are funded by tax dollars. Why do you think the those programs are disappearing? Like band. Why did you guys have? Did you ever have band in? I had it. Like probably in elementary school, like fifth grade. I had it in sixth. You had it in sixth grade? But it was gone seventh grade. Gone in seventh grade. Okay. So no chance to play an instrument or any kind of music by the time you got to seventh grade. I learned how to play the piano, and that was at church. So not at school, not Not in public schools. Experience about the same thing? Uh, I ain't experienced none of that. No art classes, no music. Uh, Yeah, I I had art classes before that, but that, that, that. that's probably the only thing. Yeah. When my kids went to high school in the suburbs, they had band. They still had band. They had art. Why do you think there's that difference? Why Why are these programs in the suburbs and not in the Milwaukee schools? Because most of our, compu- most of our community has black people in it. And when, when black people come, 
they move. Like they like it's like they're afraid of us. Like I remember I read one book that says it is impossible for us to be unarmed when our black is is the weapon that they fear. And that hit me so hard because it was like they give everybody else chances but us. I remember I got arrested, um got arrested one time and he was ready like I seen it in his eyes and he was ready to shoot me. And I was scared of him. I was scared of him and he was scared of me, so we was yeah. two scared people. Yeah. How do you think things could have been done differently for you? Or how how could have how could have how could life have changed or been different to where you wouldn't have ended up in MCAP today? Uh I just feel like I mean like I mean like like Growing up, like growing up in that type of environment, like you you gonna you gonna see a lot of things that you that that you that that uh that your that your family don't want you to see and other people don't want you to see, but like uh, it's it's all up to you. It's all up to you as you get older. If you if you wanna if you wanna follow down the path that they doing it and follow and follow on a good path, and I I feel down the wrong path. Do you see guys who and girls who have experienced? the negativity, the the negative peer pressure, the negative um, examples from their family, but they don't follow that path? Do you see a lot of that, or is it mostly guys just kind of follow what they see? People just, uh, other people just follow what they see. Like, yeah. like, 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 let me, uh, somebody, somebody, somebody will see somebody else doing some. and then, then they see, and they like, they like, they like, dang, this, this cool, I want to do this too. And then, then they then they gonna get to hang it around that person or get with somebody else and do do what they did just because they seen somebody else doing it. So they gonna follow down that wrong path that they were doing. But the whole whole time, then that they don't know what come what come with uh with doing with doing what the other person did. So they gonna think it's all cool mm-hmm. until until they get knocked. To kind of uh piggyback off what KJ said, is like. How can I say this? It's kind of like growing up in the community that we all grow up in. We are taught that it's better to fit in than to stand out. So growing up, standing out can cause you a lot. So can fitting in, but it's like, well, fitting in is easier yeah and standing out standing out in what way what do you mean by standing out like you got a house say you got a house it's you your mama and eight brothers all your brothers is is drug dealers what are you more like more likely to become so let's say you decide not to do that or you're fighting against that what is life like for you well it's gonna take some time so say let's say you want to be a doctor and all your brothers is drug dealers they gonna see you as like your brothers, even your brothers. They gonna see you as like you doing all this, you wasting all this time to become a doctor, even though it's gonna pay off in the end. Mm-hmm. But it ain't paying off now. And where we at, we need the money as soon as we can get it. So, is there pressure in the community to reject school and education and a positive lifestyle? Like, if do you know guys who get harassed for? going to school every day, doing what they're supposed to be doing and trying to stay positive and trying to stay out of trouble. 
Yeah. You, there, there are guys who get harassed for that. Yeah. For trying to straight stay on the straight and narrow. I've I seen a couple of people. I've seen a couple of people uh, doing uh growing up like like elementary school, mm-hmm. middle school. So like well, they're staying in school, they're studying, but then they get harassed because they're trying to. I feel it's make basically like better. the story of the crabs in a barrel. If one person can't do it, they gonna bring the other one down. Like I can probably see in my brother. My brother can make it to college. My brother can become a football player, or he can become a doctor. He become whatever he want to be. We don't. They don't think as I had that same choice. I just chose wrong. They think as I couldn't do that, so I'm not. I'm gonna make sure he can't do that. So you're gonna bring everybody else down with you. You're gonna bring everybody else down with you. So even if you did try to make a better life for yourself, there's still pressure within the community to reject that life and kind of go with the flow and get in shuffling trouble, do what everybody else is doing. Yeah, and like and like, what's crazy is I'm back to the uh, crab in the barrel is when it, one crab get out, he's gonna try to help the other ones out, but because they're all in there, they don't see it as that. They see it as he's trying to escape and leave them behind. Mm-hmm. But a wise crab would think as, well, I didn't got out. If my brothers push me up instead of pulling me down, yeah, when I get out, I can help them out. I can go get some other crabs and we can knock the barrel down so that everybody can escape. So the most obvious thing would be to work together to get out of the barrel. To get out of the barrel. But that's not what happens. That's it's what happens. people bringing you back down into the barrel. They want you on a level or beneath them. So is it easier to reject the uh, the path of success and, and staying in school and being... Uh, um, it's all about the time limit. If nine out nine times out of ten, school is gonna take you a long time. Yeah. So this is so um getting yourself in trouble, uh, going for the money, it's 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 easier, it's fast money. It's right there. It solves my problems right now. Mm-hmm. Um it's right there. A lot of people don't cope ahead. Yeah. But why why do that? Why go for the money and instead of just Because going it's to in arm's reach. But is it needed like it, is there a desperation for the money well, right now on, it depends on what your story is and yeah. where you come from individual situation do you guys see people who are not struggling that much financially like they're able that parents have jobs or whatever and able to make ends meet pay the bills but the kids are still getting in trouble selling drugs robbing stealing cars well i can't i can't judge books by its cover that's what I was always taught. Just because, say, his mom can be an entrepreneur of three businesses, mm-hmm. that don't mean that's that he's getting taken care of. Right. He's probably getting taken care of where only the eye can see. But deep down inside, he don't have a good relationship with his mama. So he's not getting all that his other siblings is getting. So he feel like, well, mama don't like me, so how else am I going to get it? I don't have a dad. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, all the young men in Milwaukee grew up without a father. So if I only have my mama and she's in and out of all these relationships, she's getting hurt to the point where she don't even see our kids no more. But she getting all this money and she's spending it. She going out to drink. She going out to do this. She going out to do that. What am I going to do? Do you guys know guys about your age who have parents who are entrepreneurs, who own black-owned businesses, who are successful, doing okay? And how... What kind of situation are their kids in? Are they 
being successful, staying in school, doing what they need to do, or are they nope. also getting themselves in trouble? They're getting, getting themselves, themselves in, in trouble. trouble. Really? Even with parents who are with parents successful. that are entrepreneurs, because their parents is doing so much that their parents don't see them. The thing because they're working so hard and yeah, they gotta find a hustle to for themselves. Because like yeah. mom has been right there for to be there for them whenever they need it. So it's just like 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 that mindset gonna be like, okay, so my mama gone all the time. Gotta fend for myself. Yeah, and it's, and it's just me and my little sisters at the house and my brothers or whatever, and and and, and we all need help too. Like 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 like. I'm gonna have to sacrifice everything that I can to make sure that that my little sisters and my little brothers good. Mm-hmm. So I gotta I gotta get out here in these streets and I gotta find a hustle for myself to make sure that I'm that uh that, that my family good. Like so uh, the family, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the, the family situations you're seeing is it mostly mom, no dad, mom and kids, no dad around. Young mom, teen mom. Young moms with multiple kids, dad's not around. And so that mom, even if she does have a job, she's working so hard that she's not around for the kids. So they're doing what they're doing. And then many of the older male siblings, like the, the older oldest brother or oldest male in the family feels like, well, I have to help out my mom. And the only way I can do that is by making this quick money. Well, a lot of like a lot of people see us young African-Americans, specifically males, as savages inhumane or monsters but i'm here to say that a monster is not born a monster a monster is created Mm -hmm. and it's created because it's not being listened to see some people don't see it as that way and the thing what i mean by not being listened to is back to the mama situation your mama is working all these jobs She's doing all this to make sure the money coming in, but what about the talk about the birds and the bees? What about the talk about uh, protecting yourself when you're going to do something? Like, they missed that part. Yeah. Yes, the money is all right, and yes, I want to dress in just like this, but I'd rather have my mama here with me. Mm-hmm. So when you growing up not being listened to, you start not to speak. There's nothing to talk about. All this time, all these years, you've been avoiding my voice. My voice was nothing to you. Monsters, even in books, they don't talk because they have gone so long without being listened to that their voice is like, their voice is not a muscle. It's not a muscle no more. They can't use it anymore. Mm -hmm. Because if you've been ignored so much, what am I talking for? There's nothing to talk about no more. You avoided me for so long. Now now you want to talk. There's nothing for us to talk about no more. So... I have to. I'm going to get into kind of like the the system, the justice, juvenile justice system, and all that in a minute. But I have to ask because you mentioned this before. You said this is the second time that you've been in MCAP, so you don't have to get into specifics. But why? How did you get yourself in trouble again? Like why after the first time didn't you stay out of trouble and um, get you know stay in school, do what you need to do? Me. Y'all would say that I am very, I shouldn't be doing the stuff that I am doing. Some say my mom is an entrepreneur. So some may say, well, you got all you need. They come to my house. They see all this white leather furniture. So you're in the situation I was kind of just asking about yeah. a little while ago. That's why I was uh, talking about it mostly. But uh, white leather furniture, it lights up at the bottom. Uh, all these infinities, all these nice cars that everybody wants. But... Again, 
I can trade all that for the world just to talk to my mama about some certain things. So she ha- she's not around a lot because she's got to work so much. She got to work. Okay. Um, so but you didn't answer my question. How did you? How is it that you didn't stay out of trouble after the first time in MCAT? I wanted the attention. Okay. I like to I like to feel how. Yeah. What do you think after this time? How how much more do you have? For I'll this get time? out. I get out right after KJ. Okay. So three four weeks maybe. No, not even a couple weeks. He get out on July fifteenth. I get out on the sixteenth. Okay. Two so weeks. Yeah. So are things gonna be different for you when you get out? Yeah. <laughs> he hesitated there a little bit. No, yeah, because I done became more wiser in here when I see it. How long how long has it been since the first time you were in here? Well the first time I was in here I just rushed through the program. But how long like were you uh, just here I recently got or yeah, I was here recently. I was here in um uh, 2019 to 2020. Okay. I got released. And like July, I came back December. Okay. And I've been here ever since. Okay. Will you be staying out this time? Yeah, I'm going to stay out this time. I got responsibilities to take care of. Okay. Um, so real quick, there's a lot of talk about the juvenile justice system in the in the U.S. in general. What? How do you guys feel about it, about the way when, you know, you've, you've – broken the law you've been in the justice system how do you feel things have been going for you and if you need if you could change something with the juvenile justice system what would you change if anything uh i would change i would push for the kids that come in here to get somebody that kind of comes from their background so if you're a black kid, an African-American kid, I would push for you to get an African-American lawyer or African-American judge or African-American DA so that can understand and be able to relate to where you come from. Okay. So more people within the system who are who come from the same, um, have had the same experiences as the, as the juvenile offenders. Yes. Okay. Anything else? Uh... Not really. Is it time to go? Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. I am an African-American. I am proud of being an African-American. I love my brown eyes and chromal skin tone. But sometimes when I wake up, I ask myself, what trouble would the color of my skin bring me today? I honestly feel that it is totally absurd that I get judged by the color of my skin and not the content of my character. I feel it's totally absurd that us as colored boys growing to be colored men or colored girls growing to be colored women have to sometimes use these personalities that are totally different from who we actually are to feel welcome or needed or accepted by the outsider because we are afraid that the outsider will label us savage or inhumane because the way we walk or the way we talk or the way we dress or how we look. It's just crazy how the outsider never takes into consideration that we are all equal in the eyes of our banker because one day when we leave this earth, standing quietly in front of our maker, the most highest, waiting on him to judge us, he will judge us by the context of one character, not the color of one's skin. So how can we as basic human beings take it upon ourselves to judge one another by the color of one's skin or the texture of one's hair or the money in one's pocket as these are all things that we cannot control but we try to control so that we may feel equal or accepted to or by the outsider. So we bleach our colorful skin or we damage our thick curly brown and black hair 
or we ro go robbing and stealing for money only to boost our self-esteem. Whole time we like the fact that our self-esteem should already be high as we are the only ones with rich, long, curly brown and black hair or bronze, caramel or tan skin tone. That's not the outsider. So why do we as African Americans try so hard to be accepted by someone who looks totally different from us when we are already great in our own ways? Because our maker, whether that's God, Allah, or the highest power, or whomever you may believe in, made us in the example of his image. He didn't make us so that we will bleach our colorful skin or change the texture of our hair for the likeness of someone who really doesn't matter at all. Because when our maker, the most highest, judges us on judgment day, it will be by the context of our character and what we did during our time here on earth. So it just doesn't make sense to me how here on earth, known as the waiting room for heaven, one skin make he or she more superior or more intelligent or more attractive than another. And for the record, I am not judging anybody, for I am not allowed the most highest. I am just simply speaking on a topic that my brothers and sisters have been afraid to speak on for centuries as this is life through our brown eyes.